thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Why don't you abort it instead? Hello, everybody. You say you pray to the sky. Why when you afraid to take a stand down here? Yep. Say it ain't none of my business, huh? A woman's got a right to choose. Next, you pull the trigger. What then? to get my phone <laughs> all set up. All right, here we go. I heard the reverend say, gay is probably normal in the good Lord's sight. What's to be debated? Jesus never stated what's right. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Reverend may be a little confused. Tell it to the people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Hey, everybody. I'm going to go ahead and share this on Facebook. Hello, Bob. Lois and Kimberly over there on Facebook, Wanda, Deplorable Angels, Marty and Bob, and Hearts and Stars. Hey, welcome back, my friend. Diane, Melanie, let's see if there's anybody else I can see. There's a couple of you. Rachel, let's see here. Paulette, hello, people. Hi, people. Happy Monday. Glad that you're here. Yeah, I am. Now I can take this out of my head because I don't have to hear anything. Take that out of my, my ear set here. All right. So it is Monday and I want to welcome everybody to our Monday edition of Bible News Radio. Hey, if you're new to the show, I am Stacey Lynn Harp, your sweet and lovable host right there. See? And, you know, I actually had somebody say, why do you say that? And the reason is because, honestly, you guys say it. I was like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to brand myself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So there you have it. So over the weekend, uh, Randall and I uh, did a lot of stuff, as you know. And I want to thank all of you guys first, uh, you know, first and foremost. <sighs> I just have to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all uh, for your prayers and for your love and your words of encouragement to us. You know, I was telling somebody that, you know, I had over, I think over, well over a hundred people commented when Randall's father died, you know, and said they were praying for us. Well, some of you may or may not know, but another friend of ours died. And I mean, it just, it just, I was, I literally went into shock yesterday. I'm not, well, not literally, but I, I had a very hard day yesterday and I got to give a shout out to my best friend, Jennifer, Dr. Jennifer Fee, who uh, you know, just was there all day for me yesterday as I was having, 
anxiety issues and stuff. So Jennifer, if you're if you're watching, <laughs> I can't wait to see you. Just saying. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys. Uh, you know, hey, you know, to to deal with four four people in one month actually in less than three weeks, you know, all dying. It, it just, man, talk about a, a shock to your system. Two of them were surprise deaths. So it wasn't like, you know, I was expecting two of these people to die. Um, and I have to tell you that my friend, um, Joe, who died, um, with, uh, who played pickleball with us, uh, his widow showed up today at pickleball. And if you're one of my friends from Pickleball, and I know a number of you actually tune in, thank you. See, this is how I look when my hair isn't like <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> but um, you guys, if you happen to miss when Sharon showed up, she showed up. She had JR read a card uh, from her, and um, it just like practically everybody was in tears um, just seeing her again. So, <clears throat> so, uh, so yeah, it's been a very emotional weeks, couple of weeks, you know, and the way you guys have helped support us just through your prayer is, um, great. And I want you to know that I have felt those prayers. I'm pretty sure Bareface has, you know, last night he did a really great teaching on once saved, always saved. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, I would encourage you to go back and watch it. It was excellent. Um, and, you know, and all that. So I want to give a couple of um, announcements right up front here at the top of the show, kind of like church. This is what you do, you know, like, hey, here's the announcements. Uh, there's a couple of things. First of all, I want to say um, that Randall and I are in the running for a trip to Cabo San Lucas. <laughs> We're literally this far from qualifying, you guys. So, you know, hey, in order to qualify for this, trip, which we're literally that far from actually qualifying, which I'm, it, you know, despite all of the death that we've been dealing with, the Lord's really been blessing my legal shield, ladies of justice, ID shield business. And so here, I'm just going to throw this out here. If a couple more of you want to sign up this month and you've been putting it off, consider seriously doing it this month because the qualification date for this contest ends the 28th. And honestly, I never even thought I'd even get in the top 300, but I am. So, uh, yeah, so here's the deal. If you don't know what Legal Shield is, it's, it's very affordable personal insurance. It's $24.95 a month, and it covers a whole bunch of stuff, right? Okay? I mean, it just, it covers a ton of stuff. And, and, but the short version is this. You get unlimited legal counsel, unlimited letters written on your behalf. Um, you can call these attorneys anytime that you want day or night. They have emergency stuff. Uh, if you get a traffic ticket, guess what? They'll help you with it. Um, and so much more. Okay. Plus you get actually, um, you get, you get perks, member perks, which actually will pay for your membership. Okay. $24.95 a month. Actually, you can sign up. You can cancel anytime after that. I prefer if you don't, if you sign up, you keep it because you'd be kind of silly not to. Um, Randall and I have used it numerous times. <laughs> since we've had it. And we were just talking earlier today that we wished we had known about it when we lived in apartments and stuff, because I would have been contacting my firm a lot. Just saying. Um, anyway, so that's one thing. ID Shield is the identity theft protection monitoring service that we also sell with that. And that's $9.95 a month for an individual. Okay, so that's not much either. And I have to tell you, also, you get member perks with those. So a lot, so if you use the perks, that's going to that's gonna pay for your membership. The other thing is, with Legal Shield, you can get your will done. Okay, Randall and I actually finally did our wills this weekend. It took us forever, but we did it. We got it done. And now you guys, especially those of you who are, who are already members, you need to get your wills done, people. And I cannot emphasize this enough, especially having just lost four people to death, okay? Get your wills done. Get them done. If for no other reason, that's a good reason to sign up for Legal Shield right there is to get your will done. That thing can cost you a thousand bucks to do. And I know there are some people, well, you can go sign up, do it on some other legal site, blah, blah, etc. You know what? Why? Why spend a couple hundred bucks when you can do it for 25, you know? Just saying. So here's the thing. If you want to help us win this Cabo trip, but even more so, if you want to actually get covered with this, then contact me as soon as possible because I need to get these things processed and in by the 28th of February, okay, this month. 
and then we'll see. We'll see how close we come. <laughs> honestly, I'm surprised we were this close. I mean, believe me, there's no one more surprised than me that we're this close. So, um, so I want to say thank you to everybody that has actually signed up this month. The second thing uh, I want to do is I want to give a shout out to Angela Atkinson. Um, those of you who, who have been following me on my uh, Facebook page, uh, may know that this past weekend, uh, Angie um, actually um, posted a two-part series. There's actually more to it. It's not just this two-part things, but, you know, Angie has a, a channel. It's called the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Support um, thing, and she ha- she basically is a, a certified uh, coach, and she has an awesome channel. You guys can see it there on the, on the thing, and... Um, and um, I can tell you, she's got like over 76,000 subscribers. And she she posted two parts of the interview that she did with me on my abuse growing up. But also, as a therapist, I have a little bit of knowledge. Um, and so, anyway, two of those videos are up there. One of them has over 1,400 likes on it or views. And the other one's close to 5,000 views, okay? So... Angie, thank you for putting me on your show and your network. I think we got, I don't know, 25 new people subscribed to our channel because of it. And so if you're a new person watching on YouTube, thank you for coming in and watching the show. I encourage you to stick around for a while. And before, you know, you feel like I'm too controversial (laughs) and get to know me. Okay, get to know me besides, you know, what Angie did. And I'm hoping to have Angie on our show at some point too. So um, I, you know, just can't say enough about her. Her work is excellent. It's helped me out a lot. And you guys will actually learn some new stuff about me if you watch the video, I I think. So uh, so that's the second thing that I wanted to give an announcement about. Was there anything else, Randall, that I was trying trying to think? Uh, Those are the only two things that you mentioned to me. The only two things I said. Okay. All right. All right. So in that case, somebody here asks, is it available outside the U.S.? Yes. uh, Legal Shield is actually also available in Canada. And they have actually also just opened up certain parts in, I think it's in parts of England and Europe or in that part. I forgot exactly, but if you're in Canada, it's actually available also in Canada. In fact, I have a couple of members in Canada that I've signed up. And by the way, if you're in Canada... And you, there's four provinces that it's available. Um, ID Shield is actually cheaper in Canada than it is here, which I know it's shocking, isn't it? Because Canada is like more expensive. Um, and Legal Shield, I think, is a, like a dollar more. Um, I think I have I'd have to look into it. But if you're in Canada, yes, you can get it for sure, and I can actually sign you up for that. So hey, Aaron. Okay, so over the weekend, uh, I had. A ton of news come in. Oh my gosh. You guys, I don't even have time to cover it all. Uh, but I thought we should start with the Tom Brady story that 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 I saw. This is over on The Blaze. And Bareface, I really want you to play the video if you can. Um, and, and can you? Because if you can, that would rock. Because um, I want Do, do you... you want to start with the video or... Um, no, no, if you oh. can just cue it up while I'm reading the article. Okay. I, I want you guys to actually hear him say this, because some people are going, oh, you're full of baloney, harp. Yeah, you are. You're full of crap. You're making all this stuff up, aren't you? <laughs> I am not making this up. All right. So there's an article titled, uh, Tom Brady says, quote, good witch, unquote, wife Giselle helps him win titles with altars and rituals. All right, so, and he said, quote, I stopped questioning her a long time ago. Uh, New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady detailed detailed some of the unique methods his wife employs to ensure the future Hall of Famer succeeds on the field during a charity event Thursday, according to WBZ-TV. Brady, who just won his sixth Super Bowl over the Los Angeles Rams, and his wife Giselle and however you say that, I don't know how to say that. Anyway, who has described herself as, quote, a witch, unquote, has a series of rituals she performs at games. And Bareface, tell me when you're ready, then I can cut to that. Um, she always well, makes... It's being kind of... Kind of a butthead. Yeah, I can't just stop it. Oh, okay. But anyway, yeah, we'll just go with it, what it is. Well, let me know when you're ready. Um, 
Are you ready? Um. Are you? Huh? No? Yes? Well, let me know when you're ready. Okay. Quote. She always makes a little altar for me at the game because she just wills it so much, Brady said. She... So she put together a little altar for me that I can bring with pictures of my kids. And I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones. Uh, and she has me wear this necklace and take these drops she makes. And I say all these mantras and I stopped questioning her a long time ago. The audience was laughing as Brady talked, seemingly unsure whether or not he was joking, but Brady wasn't finished. He went on to detail that he talks to his wife before the season or before games to see if she is predicting that the Patriots will win or not, and he claims she gets it right. Okay? Uh, So, is it ready? Yeah, I guess so. We'll we'll make it work. Okay, Bareface is going to make this work. He's awesome. As always, he's my man. Yeah, he is. Okay, so I want you guys to see this. I'm not making this up. This is actually, this is true. So just watch this, okay? And uh, so she put together a little altar for me that I could bring with pictures of my kids. And I have these little special stones and healing stones and protection stones. And she has me wear a necklace and (laughs) take these drops she makes. I say all these mantras. And I stopped questioning her a it long works. time ago. I did. I just shut up and listened. And at first I was like, this is kind of crazy. And then about four years ago, we were playing the Seahawks. And she said, you better listen to me. This is your year. But this is all the things you're going to have to do to win. And I did all those things. And my God, you don't work. It was pretty good. <laughs> and then in 2015, it was about early January. And she said, you know how much I love you. And I said, yeah. And she said, I just want to let you know this is not going to be your year. <laughs> and of course we lost. I said, what does 16 look like? <laughs> and she said, 16 is going to be your year. <laughs> so it was early January this year. And I said, babe, I'm asking, do we have a chance? And she said, yeah, but you're going to have to do a lot of work and you're really going to have to listen to me. <laughs> so, man, I listened to her. <laughs> Right after the game, she said, see, I did a lot of work. You do your work, I do mine. She said, you're lucky you married a witch. I'm just a good witch. Wow. Wow. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I saw this, when I saw that news article, the first thing I did was vet it, right? I wanted to make sure it was legit because, you know, some people, you know, say weird stuff. But here's the truth. That was legit. That was completely legit. And um, and it's crazy. It is completely insane in a way. And yet at the same time, not so much. can tell you that right now. Um, Gina, I don't know if the drops were legit or not. Uh, but what I can tell you is that witchcraft, witchcraft is not of the Bible. It's, I mean, it's not scriptural to to do that. And I had somebody, I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was. Somebody commented on my Facebook page and said that he used to be a Catholic. Um, So, you know, that's pretty much all I know about Tom Brady. And pretty much lots of people hate him because he wins. Now, is it possible that he uh, was influenced by the demons and, and Satan in the darkness? Yep. 100% wholeheartedly, completely possible. You know, and I know some of you might think, well, this is crazy, you know. <laughs> no, it's, it's really not crazy. It's actually a sign of the end times that we're in the end times. And the fact that these people are becoming bolder and bolder in their proclamation of the declaration of evil and calling it good. You know, Isaiah 520 says that good is called evil and evil is called good. And bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. We're in that time, people. And I have people all the time say, well, what, you know, how is it that you, you know, cover this stuff and you don't get all depressed? I'm on the winning side. Why would I get depressed? You know, I get discouraged because I don't see the church as a whole actually discipling and mentoring people. That's why we do this show. Right. But here's the thing. I'm excited because we're one day closer to the return of Christ, my Messiah. I have to tell you, uh, I look forward to Jesus returning any time. <laughs> yeah, he could come back any day. I've been walking with him for like 36 years or something like that. And I can tell you what, this stuff excites me because I can tell you that, you know, 
if the enemy is getting bolder in his declaration, then we need to get bolder in our declaration. In fact, we need to be more bold than the enemy because we're on the right side and we have, God has our back. You know what I mean? Um, and here's the other thing too, Tom Brady, pray for that man and his wife because they are involved in the occult. It's what it sounds like to me. And I just have to say that, you know, you can get, you can get delivered from the occult, you know, healing crystals, all that crap. You, you can get delivered from that stuff. Okay. Sorry. I said crap, but it is crap. Um, you can, and there's, there's no power in a stone. Sorry. Except the rock, Jesus, just so you know. <laughs> All right. So I'm just saying, uh, the other thing, uh, I want to share with you along the same lines. And I believe it was my friend, Stephanie, who posted this on her Facebook page. And I, I shared it on ours. Um, is this article over on the Christian post titled Jesus was a sorcerer Bible, uh, quote, book of magic, unquote, says Christian witches ahead of their first annual convention. Well, this just the title alone should tell you this is completely unbiblical. First of all, the fact that they're claiming to have a first annual convention presupposes they're going to have a second one, right? And second of all, um, you cannot be a Christian and a witch. Just saying, you know, you, it's not, the Bible is not a book of magic. The Bible does expose sorcery, which is exactly what this is. And Jesus was not a sorcerer. I personally find that completely insulting to my Lord Jesus, uh, who is anything but a sorcerer. Jesus is the king of kings, people. And he is the Lord of all Lord's people. He is God. He rose from the dead, and that was no magic trick, just so you know. And so anybody who is so ignorant and so blatantly blasphemous to actually say Jesus, who is my Lord and God, is actually a sorcerer, you guys are, yeah, I mean, that's wrong, and that's completely offensive to me. I don't get offended much, but what I can tell you is that offends me because it offends my Jesus, okay? My Jesus is is Jesus. He's He's... He's my God and I will die for him because, <clears throat> you know, just saying. Anyway, so let's read this article. And unfortunately, there's some people who follow these people. And I'm just going to say this in love as your spiritual mama. If you happen to be following these people, please stop following them because they're unbiblical and they're leading you to the path of destruction. So it says here, First annual Christian witches convention, which I can't even believe I'm saying, people. I can't even believe I'm actually saying that because it should be inaugural. It sounds it sounds completely insane. But anyway, it, it says here it is set to be hosted in Salem, Massachusetts. That in itself should make you laugh. Just so you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh, you ever heard of the Salem witch trials? That well, there you go. That's why that should make you laugh. Anyway. Um, this April, which which will feature internationally recognized prophet, also known as false prophet, Calvin Witcher, uh, who agrees with the convention's host that Jesus was a sorcerer and the Bible is really a book of magic. Now, false prophets will believe that because it's completely false. The Reverend Valerie Love, the force behind the event, who describes herself as a practicing Christian witch and an ordained minister of spiritual consciousness, which, by the way, is not biblical, <laughs> either one, recently launched the Covenant of Christian Witches Mystery School. By the way, the word mystery school should be a clue to you as well, because it falls under the mystery religions, which are nothing but sorcery and witchcraft themselves. You know, just saying. Anyway, to help Christians tap into magic. Oh, yeah. Why not? Really? Which critics, that would be me, are condemning as, quote, dangerous. Yeah, it is. And deceptive. Just so you know. She insists there's nothing wrong with the idea of Christians practicing magic despite biblical warnings against it. In an extended discussion with Witcher approximately two months ago on reconcil reconciling the practice of witchcraft and Christianity, Witcher, who you can't make this stuff up, people, whose website says, quote, he brings God's messages to humanity through powerful teaching and training, allowing non-traditional followers to hear the divine voice of hope. 
uh, said the Bible is a huge book of sorcery, which this man is a liar and a deceiver at that. Anybody that follows this guy is being deceived. The Bible is God's word. And the Bible is not a book of sorcery, okay? And in fact, you need to actually read the Bible to see what the Bible says about this stuff. You know, don't be insulting the Holy Bible. It's the Holy Bible. This is the only book that mankind fears, let's just say that, because it has the words of life in it. And the author of that book can convict you of your sin, and he can actually kill you if he so desires on the spot. Not that he would, but you never know. Anyway. To say the Bible is a huge book of sorcery, you literally can't get around that, this person says. You can't get around Jesus being a magician. There's just no way. You know what? Jesus was not a magician. And I don't know about you guys, but this is really ruffling, this is ruffling my feathers, man. You know, my maiden name is Parrot, just saying. I, I am so offended by that as a follower of Jesus Christ. I am highly offended by that. Because the Bible is not a book of sorcery, and Jesus is no sorcerer, okay? He warned about these evil people, just saying. And if the Bible, just, just say for sake of argument, if the Bible actually was a book of sorcery, do you not think that that book would have been destroyed years ago when people tried to destroy it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, of course it would have. But you know what? The Bible is holy, and it's God's word. And we need to be bold about it. Why do you think there are articles that people like the house burnt down, but the Bible is left unscathed, you know, or so-and-so lost their Bible 70 years ago. And then all of a sudden they go to Goodwill and there it is. And so-and-so reads inside and says, hey, I'm going to get this back to its owner. If it was a lousy book of sorcery, nobody would be giving a crap about doing that. Okay. Just saying. So <clears throat> the Bible is holy, people. And do you not ever forget that? You treat that Bible you have with respect, you know, and dignity like you would something that's holy because it is <laughs> holy. And even more so, read it with reverence and prayerfully, as my husband always teaches you. Uh, don't, do not mess with that, you know, just saying. Anyway, he goes on to say, uh, what he meant by the statement, he, he pointed to miracles from Jesus's adult ministry as clear examples of sorcery. No, there's a difference between a miracle and sorcery. First of all, somebody who does sorcery, it's fake, right? When Jesus healed people, cast out demons, that was not sorcery. His healings remain true. He also raised Lazarus from the dead as well as other people, okay? Just saying, these things, these things remained. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> I know the Lord's like, Stacy, calm down, it's okay. <laughs> I gotcha, <laughs> I understand. All right, so it says here, you're talking about sorcery at its base understanding. It's really just being able to change the natural by supernatural means. That's really it, it's a, um, it's a, how do you say that, Randall? Alchemical, it's, how do you say that word, bareface? Um, let me catch up with, yeah, <laughs> alchemical. Alchemical process. Alchemical, I guess. Al alchemical. I guess so, because if one like is an alchemist, yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. It's to say that you turn water into wine, one, two fish, and five loaves of bread. Feeding the multitude, absolutely forms of sorcery. Walking on water define the natural realm and laws that govern the physical plane. That's all realms of sorcery. Magic is simply just using the props to do it, he contended. This guy is full of crap, okay? When Jesus turned water to wine, not only what is it, was it a foretelling of the Holy Spirit and, and other things that he did, you know, it wasn't sorcery. When he actually multiplied the loaves and the fishes and, and fed the 5,000 and others, that wasn't a form of sorcery or magic. That actually happened. People, you know, did that. Uh, walking on water? Hello. God created the water. He can do whatever he wants. That wasn't magic. I mean, if it was magic or sorcery, they usually have these types of incantations and stuff like Tom Brady was just talking about his wife doing. Okay? 
Where in scripture do we even see that? Did you, oh, you know, let's say, oh God, you know, hocus pocus, create the blood and, you know, turn the water to wine, please, or whatever. I mean, give me a break. He didn't do any of that. That's so insulting. And it says here, you're talking about the whole of Jesus, adult ministry is all magic, all sorcery. Even if we just say Jesus, every particular miracle Jesus does defies human law, defies the laws of the universe and the world. So you can't really talk about being a Jesus follower without doing uh, what he did, which is magic. To which I'd say that's a bunch of crap if I ever heard it. You know what? Jesus is God. He is our example and he is supernatural by nature, but he's also a natural man. Okay. He's, you know, he's, he's, he came to be clothed in flesh, but this is ridiculous. Love, the woman revealed previously that she was quote, born a witch, unquote, but was forced to stifle her identity as a Jehovah's witness from age four to 30 when she finally left the quote cult. So she went from a cult into sorcery. Um, she told Witcher in their conversation that she wasn't taught how to do the things that Jesus did, did such as raising the dead, even though Christ declared that those who follow him would do greater works than he did in John fourteen twelve. Greater works, not sorcery, people. There's a huge difference between doing greater works and magic. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth in me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my father, the scripture says. Witcher, who describes himself as a believer in Christ, uh, who still speaks with tongues from his background in the Pentecostal church, said the scripture has, quote, haunted me, unquote, and agreed that they were both still working on getting up to Jesus's level. You know how you get to Jesus's level? You get on your knees, people, and you repent. And then you follow him and just realize you will never be at his level because you're never going to be God, right? Just saying. My background in Pentecostalism really set me up on a good foundation. (laughs) Apparently not. Uh, We had tools. We did anointing oils, prayer shawls, demonology was taught very regularly, at least in my circles. So those conversations were not weird. And no, those things are not weird. But they don't lead to sorcery or witchcraft if you're talking something biblical. And he says, we talked on the gifts of the spirit. Going into magic was a very easy segue. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is where you get the issue of, okay, and this is what drives me nuts, okay, about the Pentecostal church. And if you're Pentecostal, don't don't get mad at me. I went to lots of Pentecostal churches in my life uh, or more charismatic when you put an overemphasis on the gifts of the spirit, in particular, the gift of tongues and prophecy, but there's no scriptural backing for your uh, use of that. And then you use that as a segue into witchcraft and sorcery. You have a complete ignorant understanding of the Bible and the context in which it's written. And you also need to go back and read 1 Corinthians 13 because Love is greater than all those things. If you do all that stuff and you have not love, you are like a clanging symbol, the Bible says. And in chapter 14, Paul tells the Corinthians to desire spiritual gifts and to pursue love. That ought to be the pursuit. It's okay to desire spiritual gifts, but not to pursue them. Yeah. Uh, the pursuit is, is is the pursuit of love. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes on to say here, um, so those conversations weren't weird. We talked on the gifts of the spirit. Going into magic was a very easy segue. The only thing it did was expand that particular power outside that particular practice. He said of his full entry into the realm of magic. Well, apparently he needs to read the book of Acts and look at how Jesus or his followers rather dealt with the sorcerers and the magicians. Okay. Among the rituals he and his community have conducted, he said, are money magic (laughs) and warding of entities that we don't necessarily want to work with at the particular time. Love says she believes um, that, quote, it's only natural, unquote, for Christianity and witchcraft to be integrated, while Witcher argues that church leaders teach against it to to keep people as slaves. Really now? Hmm. 
Okay. The interesting thing is most of the time when people come against magic, sorcery, mysticism, the occult, you name it, the new age community, they are not really coming against the Bible because the Bible honestly doesn't teach that when you understand it and break it down, he says, the Bible is not against magic. The Bible is a magic book. The Bible is a gridmore, hands down. Really? I'd like to smack this guy. <laughs> come here. If you're that guy cap him on the show and just smack him one in love of course do all things in love just saying um no the thing is this drives me crazy he argued that for people to fully appreciate the power of john 14 12 they need to understand mysticism which is simply just absorption with the divine well let me tell you mr absorption with the divine have you read john chapter 15 okay you might want to open up to John chapter 15 and learn about Jesus when he says that we should abide with him. He is the vine, we are the branches, and that whole abiding thing with him. Plus, here's the other thing. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to actually indwell us. And here's the thing that concerns me. If these people are not feeling convicted of this as sin, then they're not believers, okay? Because the Holy Spirit will convict somebody of wrong teaching. And, um, and he quickens you, your conscience to this stuff, right? I mean, can I get an amen for that? Cause it's true. It's true. I know if I say, if I do something, I'm like, sorry, Lord. <laughs> and like Randall talked about last night, you know, I think it was last night, talked about how, you know, a guy was concerned that he wasn't saved because he was lusting after somebody. But before he was saved, it never bugged him. After he was saved, it started to bug him, which meant that he was saved because he's got the Holy Spirit there. So then he says, we believe that we are one with the Spirit. We are not just an emanation or extension of God. We are as it is. All Christians are mystic. No, we're not. Especially charismatics. Uh, because it was also taught that I and my father are one. We are one with the spirit. We are the children of God. We are the children of the almighty. There's no difference between me and the father. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> Who the heck are you? So he's 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 self-existent. Yeah. And, then and he's says, always been. And yeah. Yeah. Then he says, there's no difference between me and Jesus. He said, arguing that you'll never rise to a level that you don't believe you'll achieve. No difference between you and Jesus? Really? Uh, how can anybody even say that with a straight face? I mean, that's, that's pretty arrogant, actually. R.C. Sproul, late theologian and founder of Legionnaire Ministries, previously took on the interpretation of John 14, 12 in a blog post and argued that Christians who believe that there are people on earth performing greater works than Jesus are suffering from a serious delusion. There are many today who believe that there are people running around this world right now who are performing greater miracles, performing miracles in greater abundance, and actually doing more incredible acts of divine healing than Jesus himself did. I can't think of any more serious delusion than that, that somebody would actually think they have exceeded Jesus in terms of the works he has done. There's nobody who comes close to the work that Jesus did. And actually, if you read the Bible, there's actually a verse, and I think it's in the Gospel of Mark. I, I'd have to look it up. But it basically, or maybe it's John, it, it basic the verse says that if everything that God, that Jesus ever did was written down, even the books of the world could not contain it. Okay. So just saying, <laughs> if Jesus meant that people would do greater miracles than he performed in the sense of displaying more power and more astonishing things than he did, then obviously one of the works that Jesus failed to perform was sound prophecy because that just didn't happen. Nobody exceeded Jesus's works. That's what leads me to believe that that's not what he meant. I think he's using the term greater in a different way. Uh, R.C. Sproul argued. <clears throat> if you look at the record, you will see that it was the Christian church that spearheaded the abolition of slavery, the end of the Roman arena, the whole concept of education, the concept of charitable hospitals and orphanages, and a host of other humanitarian activities. I think personally, that's what Jesus meant when he talked about greater works. And then, he, then it says, in a video this month promoting the first annual Christian Witches Convention, which will be held April 15th through 21st, Love said Witcher will be teaching at her mystery school as well as bringing a powerhouse word from the devil, I might add, at the end of that. 
So she said on the final day of the event, Easter Sunday, the witches will also gather for their first ever church service. Yeah, do you find it I- ironic that they're doing it at Eastern time? I know. I think it's it's pretty. I think it's on purpose. Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, the the first ever that we've ever done Christian witches church service, and this is probably the heart of the whole Christ, the whole convention for me, bringing a word to you from the pulpit of Reverend Valerie Love at a Christian Witches Church service, she said, we have musical guests that you will love, and we have all inspiration and a powerful word, especially for Christian Witches. Oh my God! And then it says here, a report in the Christian Post last fall highlighted the astronomical growth of self-identified witches in the U.S. Jennifer LeClaire, founder of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries and director at the Awakening House of Prayer in Florida, who has been tracking the Christian witches movement for several years, has warned that the mixing of witchcraft and Christianity is dangerous and said the movement is growing. Uh, In this season, I have seen a rise of Christians practicing witchcraft, or maybe they aren't Christians at all. I won't judge someone's salvation, but when people in church release word curses, pray against you, and conduct unholy fasts to destroy you, the fruit of the Spirit is clearly lacking. No. She wrote last fall. Galatians 6 lists both the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh. Witchcraft is among them, but there's a higher level of witchcraft that some so-called Christians are tapping into, and it's dangerous. Thus says the Christian Post. I have to wonder. You have this, to weigh in on this because you know, I have to wonder at this inaugural. It can't be first annual because it hasn't occurred annually yet. Right. The grammar police in me comes out. Yeah. Inaugural people. That's one of my pet peeves when I see something billed as the first annual. We don't know. It's never occurred before. You can't say it's annual. It may be your intention to hold it next year. In which case, you can say the second annual. But the first one has to be inaugural. It can't be a first okay. annual. All right. But we got two stories left to go. So. <laughs> All right. But I have to wonder at the, uh, you know, they'll have musical guests that you will love. And we all have inspiration and power. But with the musical guest, I mean, this is a church service, a witch's church service. Since they're one with God, they're the same as Jesus. Do they sing praise songs to themselves? Or what do the musical guests do? <laughs> You know, celebrate their oneness with all that is divine. And there's there's nothing new under the sun. You're being so unloving, Bareface. Just saying. <laughs> I know somebody's um, going to say that. Somebody's going to write a comment on Facebook or wherever and call me a hater and stuff. And they're going to say I'm judgmental. All right, I'm going to... And and nothing new under the sun. Um, coming from the uh, the, the Talmud in, uh, in Sanhedrin 107b. And I'm going to... Pull that up for you here, um, and um, and kind of crop it so you can see it. Anyway, I'm not going to read the Hebrew. Okay. I'd struggle with that, but here's the English translation. Okay. Uh, Jesus came before Yehoshua ben Pariah several times and said to him, Accept our, i.e. my repentance. Yehoshua ben uh, Pariah took no notice of him. One day Yehoshua... Ben Paraya was reciting Shema, that is from Numbers chapter 6. And Jesus came before him with the same request. Jehoshaphat Ben Pariah intended to accept his request and signaled him with his hand to wait until he completed the prayer. Jesus did not understand the signal and thought he was driving away. He went and stood a brick upright to serve as an idol and he bowed to it. Anyway, going on, going on. Um... And the master says, Jesus performed sorcery, incited Jews to engage in idolatry, and led Israel astray. And, yeah, okay, I want to make sure that was on the screen. And if you, there are other passages in rabbinical literature that portray Yeshua, the Messiah, as as a as a sorcerer and someone practicing witchcraft and actually says some pretty blasphemous things about him. Which is why the you know Orthodox Jew today has a problem accepting Yeshua as Messiah, because they're encouraged by rabbis not to read the Bible because you know the, the rabbinical commentary, you know the Talmud, the Mishnah that it'll tell you what the Bible has to say. You don't don't read it for yourself. You'll just get confused. Just read our literature and you'll get it. And of course, what they read about Yeshua 
it refers to him as Yeshu actually, and with and that's a whole nother thing. But you know, yeah, it just go ahead. I was just gonna say one of the things that stood out to me about that was the money magic issue. Uh, yeah, it's don't, tied to money. Don't we saying. don't we see the don't we see money man, magic and and Christian witches all the time with these televangelists and you know sowing your seed or you know multiply your seed and a financial miracle is coming to you and just send send your you know send your love gift of a hundred dollars or more and I'll send you my anointed handkerchief that will bring about financial blessings and. <laughs> We we see money magic sorcery all the time. We've been seeing it for decades. Have you guys with the name with with and, Christian label attached to it? And have you noticed? Look, if you're a regular friend of us of our show, have you ever noticed? I don't use lingo like that. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, there's a reason. <laughs> by the way, I should tell you. Thank you for watching our show. We are sponsored by by Ariel Ministries which is the Messianic Jewish Ministry of Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum. Uh, he, he is a wonderful Bible teacher, and you guys can save 20% when you use the coupon code BIBLENEWS. Go over to ariel.org, and if you want a recommendation on something to buy first, if you're new, you really should get this. Go get the highlights of the life of, of Christ from a Messianic Jewish perspective. You can, highlights are just like the book life of messiah yeah get the book life of the messiah yeshua the life of the messiah get that book what is it like 40 dollars or something uh something like that less 20 percent minus 20 percent get that book you guys that will change your christian walk it changed mine um except i listened to tapes like 25 of them <laughs> 25 hours of teaching i mean it was it changed my life it was awesome um because I really got discipled. We have other really good books there too at Ariel, and we're going to be talking about the Feast of Purim coming up soon, uh, right before uh, Easter. We'll we'll be talking about that stuff soon. But you guys know Ariel, okay? If you if you buy stuff through Ariel using our code, they know that you're watching and that they're supporting our show. is is helpful to them, okay? If you want to donate to us, I'm not a nonprofit. For many reasons. The biggest reason is we can't afford to file the paperwork because it's so expensive. But here's the thing. You guys can be pillars of the community. I just A pillar of the community are people who hold us up in prayer, but also who donate. And I literally have maybe five or six of you that do that every month. Okay. So it's not like, it's not like we got a ton. Okay. Literally, you know, and we just ask that you donate something every month. I don't care what it is. I have one guy that donates seven bucks, which totally blesses me. I have a couple that donate a couple more, you know, hundred bucks. It's not a lot of money. I might get $300 a month from my pillars, okay? It costs me a lot more time, energy than that. That I mean, I you know, you guys wouldn't do this job for $300 a month, okay? I'm called to it, so I'm okay with it. But if you're being blessed and you watch our show, then become a pillar, okay? It's that simple. And you can do that over at BibleNewsRadio.com. Some people send in checks. Some people... um Donate via PayPal, which is my preference, actually, because then I don't have to go to the bank. But however you donate, thank you. <laughs> That's all you got to do is just donate, okay? We do that. That's why I sell Legal Shield because it helps me to, to do this, too. So that's the other way you can support us by buying a membership to Legal Shield. And actually, you get benefits from that. So, um, so those are a couple ways you can support us. All right. Uh, we have... Another story here about abortion. And Randall, I want you to look at the abortion clinic staffer one on lifenews.com. Right. Because this, you saw this, and and you want to play the video? The video is important. If you can watch the video here. This is a two-minute video. I could play the video. It, I, I wept. I didn't finish watching it. Just, yeah. It... Well, and here's the thing, though. I'm sharing this because... So few places will, okay? And that's the truth. Unless you're in the alternative media like we are, you're not going to see this. And this is what bugs me, okay? Lila Rose, who heads up uh, liveaction.org. I need to call her and get her on our show. Um, This is one of the undercover videos that her ministry did. Um, And it's actually titled on lifenews.com, Abortion Clinic Staffer Says She Will Drown a Baby Who Survives Abortion in a Jar of, Quote, Solution. You guys got to see this, okay? And it's not its not graphic. There's no blood or anything. It's just a conversation. But the conversation is straight from the pit of hell, okay? And um, 
So you need to see it, though, because these are the people who are promoting infanticide, and these are the people who need Christ, and we need to be praying for them, as many others have come out of the abortion industry. So uh, go for it, Randall. Play that. What if it was, like, twitching or, like, something like that? Like... The, the solution will make it stop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not going to be moving around in the jar. Okay, the solution would make it, like... Yeah. that's the whole purpose of the solution. Okay. So, like, if it, if it looked like it was, like, like breathing or something like that... It'll automatically stop. It won't be able to... It won't be able... Okay. So I'm not even going to see it. No. So... Okay, so yeah. I mean, like, if that happens, because sleep, they take it out and it goes into our lab where they do the stuff with the jar and cleaning and all that. Okay, so what is the solution? It's just like something like toxic or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have to so, do that like, to keep it clean, and you know, because by the time it gets to the lab, it still needs to be freshly, you know. Yeah. So, so they could weigh it, so it could be proper weight to make sure that everything came out of you. Like, there's no pieces left in you. No. So, like, you'll make sure, like, I don't have to deal with it no. if it will die. Like, you're done. You're done. The baby. Once you start about. this today, that's it. You're, you're not going to see it. We're not going to show you your sonogram pictures. We're not going to, you know. Yeah. All right. So, I'm like, if I feel like I'm having, like, labor pain kind of thing. Yeah. Call us. Call you. Yeah. We have an emergency line. Like, what if it, like, pops out, like, at home? Like, <laughs> if it comes out, yeah, then it comes out. Then flush it, comes, it. Just like flush it. Yeah, but you still have to come in. Okay. We have to make sure that it, everything came out. But we never had a situation like that. Because if it's like, what if it's like on the floor? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what would we yeah, do with it? Be taking care of it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no. <laughs> like you guys would come yes, and like. If anything, you know, we'll tell you to put it in a bag or something or in somewhere and bring it to us. And then we have. Two day procedures all the time. You do. It's like pretty common. Like yeah. even with me, kind of stage. Yeah. Like at this stage. Like every day. Whatever happens at home, you know, like don't call the hospital. No, no, call us. Okay. okay. Why? So why not call we, the hospital? Like because we started it first. Um, the hospital won't take you. They won't touch you either because we started it. So whoever starts it has to finish it. Uh, you know. I'm going to say this, and don't hate me for saying it, but I'm a barren woman, okay? I could not have children of my own. Bareface, you know, is a husband of me. And I love children. I, you know, I work with kids at church, taught kids for years, did therapy with children when I was a practicing therapist. And to hear these women, okay, granted, one of them was undercover, so she's kind of playing a part. But to hear the callous heart of the other woman uh, talking about a baby that they just tried to murder and actually survived. And so they're just going to dip it in some solution. And, and, and there's a couple of things that really stood out to me. Number one, she said, I'm not going to, we will not show you the sonogram picture. You know what? The sonogram is the number one enemy of Planned Parenthood, in my opinion. Because the sonogram, when a mom sees that baby, they can't deny it's a baby, first of all. But Planned Parenthood doesn't want you to, to see a sonogram because then it, it violates everything that they're calling a blob of tissue to you. Okay. Second thing, when the woman, the undercover person asked, well, what do we do? You know, what do I do if it comes out? And the other lady said, flush it. That is just wicked. I mean, this whole thing is wicked. But to have a baby and part of it comes out or the whole thing comes out, that you basically flush it down a toilet. I mean, how hard of a heart do you have to have? How callous of a heart do you have to have to, uh, um, <clears throat> to treat any human life that way? I mean, let alone kill it. I mean, that's, you know. And there's forgiveness for women who, who've had abortion and men who, who have advocated for that. We've talked about that a lot. And a number of you I know have because you've told me. And you know better than anybody because you've been there. But this, you know, this is why I exist. You know, it was probably when I was about 19 years old, maybe even 18. 
I went to my very first Operation Rescue. That's how I got involved doing what I do today. It was because of abortion. I went outside. I remember, I've shared this before. I remember going outside of a clinic in Los Angeles, California, with me and my friend Cheryl. We went down there. We sat out in front of the Planned Parenthood, and we were praying on the sidewalk. Yeah, we were. My friend Colleen was there also. And the police came out after us, and they told us to disperse or get arrested. Well, I was a kid. I didn't know any better, so I, I decided I would leave. My friend Colleen got arrested. She went to jail because she prayed in front of an abortion clinic. That was America years ago, okay? Today, uh, you can actually you can spend years in jail for doing it in some parts. Uh, I have friends who who defended the gospel in Canada who went to jail as an American citizen. Um, so this isn't a um, non-controversial issue. It's tragic to me that in order to expose the evil. We, we have to do undercover stuff because the liberal media, who's bought and paid for by Planned Parenthood and everything and other places, you know, all the lobbyists, they won't report the truth. That's why they ban our show on Facebook. That's why we can't get the word out about our show on YouTube or Periscope. That's why our numbers have tanked because how dare we actually tell the truth? That's why sharing it out is so important, you guys. I don't care if one other person joins because you shared it. Just share it. You know, because people need to know this stuff is going on and the liberal media is not going to, they're not going to tell you it. <clears throat> you know, the good news though, I will tell you, is that we are winning the war on abortion people. And the problem is you're not hearing it. We are though. There are more crisis pregnancy counseling centers in America than there are Planned Parenthoods. Praise God. Praise God for that. And more Christians in the church have now adopted children um, than, you know, fortunately have aborted. Although it, the statistics show one in four Christian women have aborted, you know, and God bless them for coming and, you know, getting forgiven and stuff. That's great. But adoption is the other A word, man. Adopt if you can. And there, there are actually uh, churches out there that literally that have that has done the thing. We had here in Spring Hill, um, a church adopted the crisis pregnancy center. <laughs> And they paid it off. That church for years saved up money and paid off the building and everything in that crisis pregnancy center because they care about life. So I don't want to hear any liberal wacko jerk face saying that Christians don't care about life. We don't care about children because you know what? We're the ones out there saving them, funding them, helping them when they're doing immoral things and getting pregnant out of wedlock and then deciding to kill their baby because they're scared and they don't think there's any other alternative because there, there is. Right, right. I already ranted about that a couple days ago. <clears throat> All right. There's another article, though. Here's the other thing, okay? And this is the last article we'll, we'll share because our time's almost up. This is from CBS News. It says here, trigger laws in these states would make abortion illegal if Roe v. Wade is overturned. Now, of course, it's a big if, if that will take place, right? It's a huge if, but you never know. Weirder things have happened. Arkansas became the fifth state to preemptively outlaw abortion this week, preparing for a day when Roe v. Wade could be overturned and the laws on abortion access get kicked back to the states. Louisiana, Mississippi, North Dakota, and South Dakota have already passed similar laws. Four more states, Kentucky, Ohio, South Carolina, Tennessee, where I live, have such legislation dubbed trigger laws in the pipeline. What trigger laws do is that they make it clear that the state will ban abortion the moment that Roe is overturned, said Andrea Miller, the president of the National Institute for Reproductive Health, in a telephone interview with CBS News. Trigger laws aren't new. When Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973, Idaho and South Carolina immediately passed them, though Idaho's was repealed in the 1990s, uh, said Elizabeth Nash, a senior state issues manager at the Guttmacher Institute, <clears throat> which, by the way, if you don't know about the Guttmacher Institute, you should check it out because they actually do all this research about the abortion life issue um, and other stuff from a conservative perspective. 
<clears throat> before President Trump took office, one, two, one or two conservative states would introduce trigger laws every legislative session, but the measures usually failed. This year has been different. There's been so much more this year, and these are getting attention. They're not just getting introduced and fizzling out like they used to. Anyway, bottom line, there's some good news for, for pro-lifers, you know. And don't let anybody call you an anti-choicer, okay? Because that is such a line of bull, <laughs> you know, anti-choice. Oh, anti-gay. Yeah, anti-communist. Well, I am anti-communist. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I like the way that they like, well, you're a hater. You're this, you're that. Yeah, I'm a hater of death and destruction. And I can tell you, having just saw my father-in-law die, I hate death even more. Okay, just saying. Um, but what I have to say is that, you know, you somebody asked me, how do we, how do we change the culture? And you can't change the culture. You're not gonna. Jesus has to change a person's heart. That heart that's changed will then change their behavior and their choices. And when you have more godly people voting for things that support God's will and his plan, then you're going to have more of a righteous nation. When you have less godly people doing it, guess what? You have what we have today. America is not a Christian nation anymore. We have Christian roots, but we are not Christian by any stretch. And just because we have a professing president who claims that he's a Christian does not mean we're a Christian nation, okay? Here's, here's the truth, okay? Donald Trump is great, way better than Obama was, tell you that. But here's the thing. <clears throat> he isn't going to change our country. He's, the presidency is a bully pulpit. He can get out there, he can do certain things, he can do certain things. But the Congress and the fact that we lost the House, you guys, should tell you something. The Congress is what makes the laws. And even at the local level, I know people in politics locally, even my neighbors running for, you know, <laughs> aldermen, even. It takes years sometimes for legislation to get passed, even at the local level. So, you know, that's just one aspect of changing the culture. Change it. We have to change our hearts, and only God can do that. God can change your heart. You can harden your heart, but God can change it. Okay? So, there you have it. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I could talk a lot longer, as you all know, but, um, but you know, it's true. And, and you know, I'm here as a, because I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> Whether you want me to be or not, you can click X and I can, I'll be gone, but I'm still going to be here jumping and, jumping around, screaming and letting people know, hey, this is what's going on. You have a choice. Go out there, make a difference for good. You know, you know, I volunteer at my church with the children because I want them to know the biblical truth. I don't, you know, I'm not about going and saying, hey, you know, this is, yeah, let's just go do this for fun because I'm a Christian. No, you know, being a Christian is not for wimps. Okay. Just saying. Being a Christian means you die to yourself daily. It means that you humble yourself. It means that you repent. It means that you try to get right with other people when you've messed up relationships with them or you have a conflict or a struggle. You know, there's this, there's a, you know, there's a humility about being a Christian, but there's also boldness that comes with being a real Christian because the boldness that you have is that you know that you're serving the one true living God. And anybody who claims the Bible is a book of sorcery, they are lost on that fact for sure. And that's what's tragic because the Bible is the Holy Bible, right? And the author is living today. He rose from the dead. We're going to be celebrating that resurrection in a couple of weeks. Um, but anyway... So there you have it. My husband's giving me subtle messages and cues that I need to be quiet now, so I will. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. What was you... I doing? Oh, it went blue. The whole screen went blue. Shouldn't have. Okay, what do I know? <laughs> Is it okay now? Yeah, it's back. Okay. Hmm. hmm. I don't know. Good news is we can go over. It's our show. We don't have to go to an hour. But anyway, tomorrow... Um, tomorrow on the show, I'm going to talk about, and I'm warning you ahead of time, I'm going to be talking about the rise of pedophilia. And um, there was um, a TED Talk that was given not too long ago. 
And, you know, I've talked about this before in the past. We're going to be talking about it tomorrow. Um, I, I wanted to talk about it today, but the problem is I don't have time today and I want to dedicate a good part of the show tomorrow to talk about this because just like homosexuality has been promoted and marketed to America, just like the transgender movement and the drag queen issues are all being promoted to America and all over the world, really, pedophilia is next. I've been kind of yelling and screaming about this for the, the last couple of years, but I'm going to show you a TED Talk that took place advocating this, kind of. And we're going to look at some other stuff going on that's tied to it. People, look, you know what? Hey, Fraser, you know, we got to wake up, right? I mean, NAMBLA, NAMBLA, North American Man Boy Love Association has said it before, sex before eight years old, or it's too late. That's their motto. My friend Bob Hamer wrote a book called The Last Undercover. Some of you guys have been watching us as long as, you know, Bob was on our show numerous years ago. It's his story of being an undercover um, FBI agent. He went undercover and he busted people in the North American Man Boy Love Association. Okay, he, he busted these pedophiles. So this is rampant and we need to talk about it because pedophilia is real. Child prostitution is real. And the fact that the LGBT lobby and others are ad, are kind of commingling and hand in hand they're using the same playbook to promote this stuff we need to talk about it and i'm gonna so that's what we're talking about tomorrow so stay tuned for tomorrow see you in the morning for getting slugged for our devotion time and um, remember people be bold be bold stand up stand up and go with god because he loves you and you can't lose okay just saying can't lose see you tomorrow